0: Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Chinese Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We are back for some more Turisticu. So they are being attacked by a very high-damage vessel, but... uh, they're not so worried because they can, you know, beat the crap out of it. So, uh, let's see what happens. Cal's crew all gathered on the bridge. Minutes later, the ship still dodged pot shots of the unrelenting snap. The microgravity generators missed a few calculations, and the ship rumbled. They were much more advanced than the ones on the Citronite that seemed to fail outright if ever got too chaotic. However, the micro gravity generators couldn't predict everything, so even though seatbelt technology was invented before spaceships, it was still in use. They strapped themselves to their chairs on the bridge and waited for Cal's command. Hayden zipped the dervish through space, dodging everything the snap had firing at it. The pilot was very determined. Hail the ship, Cal said. Reese, a three-eyed alien with crab pinchers for hands, was at the communications station. Channel opened. To the Cartarian Snap-52, Cal said, we want to offer you a job. What? Hayden swiveled his chair to face her. Are you crazy? We need help, Cal said, and I like their persistence. I do recommend we bring it to the crew before adding new members. I do believe it's a decision we should all weigh in on, Maker said. Why would I work for you? A Cartarian appeared on her screen. Like her people, Cartarian was the human name for their race. They were a bulbous alien with various growths popping from their skull. They were also very slimy. I would die in the pits of pain than join the traitor scum. He is an abomination to the barony and worth no more than insect secretion. Hey, Hayden said, silkworms on my planet happen to make the barony, Cal cut him off. Since when do the Cartarians fight for the barony? Talking is useless. Your death will awaken the warrior spirits of my clan. The souls of all the dead warriors will cry out in... Cal nodded to Reese, and he cut the feed. Hayden shrugged. I guess that guy doesn't want to quit his job. Cal glanced toward Grenork, who had been silent the entire time. Care to enlighten us? She asked. The barony was the unofficial name of the Orkandu-controlled space in the Tristar Cluster. They were large enough by the time humans arrived at their area to avoid being annexed in the Teristiku Empire, but if humans wanted the barony, the Orkandus would be crushed. The strange part was why a race like Granork's, who seemed to pride nobility and honor, would work with a race so vicious as the Cartarians, who made no distinction between civilian and soldier. My brother is Baron Trekkik. Granork snarled. Dude, your brother's a king, Hayden said. This, it is nothing to joke at. His presence on the throne dishonors my people. Enough, you two, Cal said. So your brother put a hit on you. I am more valuable to my brother alive, and my people do not hire assassins. We look into the eyes of people we mean to kill. Last I checked, that guy is not your people, Hayden pointed out to the craft in view of the screen that was chasing them through space. Hayden increased the speed of the Jervish just enough p years to stay out of weapons range of the snap, but not enough to outrun it. But he fights for the barony nonetheless, Granork said. No one said anything in response. There was an unwritten rule among the original crew members, and they didn't talk about their past if they didn't want to. They were all prisoners before they escaped together. Even though the Turisticus were notorious for wrongfully locking away people, there's a good chance that some of them really did deserve to be there. She respected Granork's wish not to share his past, just as she didn't want to relive the death of her village. She decided to get the conversation back on track and not worry about why the Orkandus would have an unlikely ally. Regardless of why you're being hunted, you should have at least told us to watch out for it. I have endangered the crew, and I will make sure not to do it again, Granork said. For being ill-tempered, he was quick to admit when he was wrong. Cal only wished Hayden could do that. She heard the down sensor cluster excuse one too many times. It's in the past and we'll keep it there, Cal said. What we need to focus on is the future. It's hard enough plotting a course that avoids touristic patrols, but I don't want to add the barony to that list. My brother will not be flexible on that point. I will leave the ship at the next port, Granork said. And lose the only gunner who can peg an enemy hiding in the blind spot of a star from halfway across the solar system? You will stay right here. We need to figure out how this snap found us and how it got close enough to fire on us. I don't care how well a pilot can juke an AI. The long-range sensors should have been aware that there was a vessel in the vicinity, even if they were able to obfuscate their direction and heading. Reese said, Come to think of it, before the attack damaged long-range sensor array, there weren't any ships in the area. I mean, not even an auto cargo tub. The auto cargo tubs were the most common spacecraft in the galaxy. They were automated cargo liners that traveled throughout the systems. Pirates ignored them because they were programmed to destroy the cargo inside if they got off course. They were docked by a ship outside their destination or any number of ways people would scheme to steal the contents. Anything worth taking had a proper escort, anyway. They were so ubiquitous that everyone ignored them. The lack of an auto cargo tub in the long-range sensor range meant that the array was damaged. Before the attack, whoever sabotaged it knew the only way a snap would have a shot of doing any damage would be to get, get the drop on the dervish. Cal's eyes widened with realization. Hayden, turn around and punch it now. Granark, 4 weapon weapons spread. Take out what you can. Sir? Hayden said, Do it! Cal yelled. They lurched forward in their seats as the microgravity generators could barely keep up with Hayden's maneuver. The dervish did a hard dive to spin around in the opposite direction. The ship reached an apex of the turn when the entire armada of snaps dropped into the battlefield going 350p years. A barrage of missiles, cannons, and heavy weapons ordnance burst forth like a star going supernova. Granorg nailed the original snap with a short turret burst and the vessel went into a deadly tailspin. The firepower was about to make short work of them when Hayden turned the acceleration to 500p years. They were briefly pressed against their seats when the microgravity generators caught up and regulated the forces acting on them. The Omarada disappeared in the blackness of space as they screamed through the cosmos. Alright. I know that's a short uh, reading we have this week. That's all I have for you. I do want to kind of Use this time to kind of explain something. So, for those of you that originally, you know, started listening to this, uh, I started, you know, this reading when it was still just a, a collection of short stories. Well, I, I recently uh, collected these into right now two books. They're they're called Turisticu, and and the book we're reading from now is called *Cal's Quandary*. And and the one all the other stories are are the ones that we were in uh, *Cal's Fate*. Uh, and, and in the process of me kind of accumulating the short stories into two books, uh, I, uh, realized that my original, uh, P year, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) thing made everything happen kind of slow, at least slower than I would like. So originally when I, when I first wrote this series, uh, the, the dervish was going a hundred p years, right? And now, of course, you you heard me just now saying it's going five hundred p years, and you're probably you know, if you if you have been uh, here from day one, and you, you're probably like, oh, like why the heck can it go five hundred p years? I thought like the fastest thing something could go is like seventy p years, right? And 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 that's originally what it was, right? Uh, the reason I went ahead and made that change as an author especially because of, you know, the fact that I was able to have two kind of new books was was the fact that, uh, you know, 100p years is kind of slow. So, you know, the measurement is parsecs per year, right? And so uh, I forget my calculations, but, you know, I think it was like if, if it was 100p years was the fastest ship, a sort of regular moderate ship would take about, you know, four or five days to get from earth to the closest star right at, at the original <laughs> calculation. And I, I didn't like that idea. Like, like I was looking at, you know, just star charts of our galaxy and, and found that, you know, within 400 light years, so the mirror stars four light years, but within 400 light years, there's not that many planets. So I felt like, you know, to make it believable, uh, that there's this, you know, race of uh, all these different aliens, you know, of uh, that grew up on their different planets and are all kind of generally within this quadrant, kind of around where Earth is located in the galaxy. I think I, I needed to increase the speed, right? So I needed to cut down that time it took from Earth to Alpha Centauri. Because I needed to cut down the time it took from, say, Earth to Nekromoto, right? Uh, or Earth to any of the other planets, the Shusharian Collective, right? Because the faster things can travel, uh, the more likely there are to be more planets, and especially habitable ones within the sphere of influence of that particular race, right? So in order to make kind of a zoo of alien races, they needed to travel faster, right? The the same thing is kind of like in Star Trek, right? They they have like warp one through ten and and uh you know the original (laughs) star trek uh series or or even like the next generation and stuff like that had to you know make it believable that there was a bunch of different alien races all within this area right so you needed to cover enough uh enough distance to get enough stars within the the zone of influence so that's the why i i multiplied everything by five essentially (laughs) uh so you know the the dervish goes 500p years and i think it was like i I forget exactly what i rewrote the i said 70 was the fastest vessel and i think i said 400 and something but i forget what i wrote i i (laughs) I figured out all the, the exact ratios you know and but that that's the reason why there's that change of of p years uh but yeah the the m- measurement is parsecs per year right so uh i know for those of you that you know are big star wars fans you'll you'll say uh <laughs> parsec is a measure of speed <laughs> but you know parsec in reality is a measure of distance right and so when we calculate 500 p years it means that they go 500 parsecs within a year right and a parsec is about 3 Light years, right? So, you know, if you think about four light years uh, within that time, it, you know, it, it changes the uh, the the way you know how fast one can get there, right? So, if I could go uh, five hundred uh, parsecs in a year, then it doesn't take me all that long to get to Alpha Centauri at that speed. I forgot exactly what the amount was that I calculated, but you know, you could see that that that's pretty darn fast, uh, you know, and, and maybe, maybe I'm also not good at math. So maybe, you know, I, I think it was a half a day. The dervish could get from earth to alpha, alpha centurion about a half a day. I think that was about 500 P years, but maybe I'm wrong. You know, uh, you know, maybe you math whiz will, will come out and, and correct me and I'll have to go ahead and correct this calculation. once again, I'm not a good math person at all. Uh, But, you know, I try to make my stuff accurate, but I think I wanted it to be about a day or a half a day for the the dervish to get from Earth to Alpha Centauri, so about four light years within a day or half a day. And so I think that's why I chose 500. Uh, So, anyways, that's the reason for the change, so just wanted to let you know, so you, you know why it's going the way it is. All right, well, thank you for listening, and, yeah, gotta watch out for those cartoons.